This hour of the Bill Meyer Show podcast is made possible by Clouser Drilling. Clouser Drilling is proud to sponsor the show. We appreciate them, too. If you need to drill for water, be sure to call Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. ClouserDrilling.com. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is the Bill Meyer Show. Nine after seven, State Representative Dwayne Yunker, House District 3. Brand new into the seat over the last uh, couple of weeks here. Representative Dwayne, welcome back. Great to have you on. Good morning, sir. Well, thank you, Bill. You're getting ready to uh, head up to Salem here. And uh, when does the special session start or this uh, short session? When does that get going? That starts on February 5th. Okay, so we got about a month, about a month before here. And uh, what are you in the process of doing right now, kind of finding your uh, sea legs? Why don't you describe the process when you take over for someone, as uh, Lily Morgan ended up resigning the end of uh, December? Well, you get, um, the first thing is you get sworn in. That's the the first thing. I think the second thing is you get a call from the the lobbyist. That was about as fast as it went. Um, wanted to see your have your time, mm-hmm. and um, I was sworn in on um, you know in between Christmas and New Year's, and um, got a laptop and started getting the emails. <clears throat> People propositioning you to want to hear their bills or their things that they would like changed or um, introduced, and that's about it. This week we're going to be um, we got a legislative day, so we're going to learn about some of the committees and we're going to learn about some of the stuff that's being presented. For the short session, next three days. When you end up uh, replacing someone, uh, and you're appointing to replace someone, uh, like you were with uh, State Rep. Lily Morgan, former State Rep. Lily Morgan, do you automatically take her place or wherever she was in committees, or is this something which gets uh, redone all over again with the next session? No, I just took over where she left off. I wasn't able to choose or you know mm. proposition for any committees I could be on. Okay, all right. Just kind of curious. Uh, this is the first time I've ever had a chance to talk with anyone who was appointed to uh, to fill a seat. So I find this uh, interesting, a little, little bit of an education, if you don't mind. And short session. Short session is just supposed to be for uh, housekeeping, housekeeping, touching up budgets, uh, things like that. Uh, from what you've seen so far, Representative Yunker, is it going to be that kind of a short session, or is it going to be? Throwing everything at the kitchen sink, which uh, seems to have been the pattern <laughs> every time. Any idea at this point in time? Well, <clears throat> it doesn't look like it's housekeeping so far to me. Um, you know, I've already got several people trying to um, position me on their um, their draft so far for different bills. So I don't just looking at these different you know propositions that are looking at drafts. I don't think these are housekeeping. Um, a lot of cleanup. I know Measure 110 is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, you know, so <clears throat> I think they're going to try to cram as much down as they can in the next 35 days, the short session. Okay. What are you hoping to accomplish here, especially being, you know, first time in the seat? <clears throat> well, you know, I'm trying to work on some things that are going to help and affect Southern Oregon. That's my goal right now. Um, Obviously, we have Measure 110, and there's also, you know, the court case of Johnson versus GP, which has a lot of other tentacles in the state about other laws that were passed. Um, you know, the 72-hour law that was in a bill 3115 that gives homeless, you know, three days 
to move their stuff. I, I think that's a horrible idea. Yeah. There's some other things that I would like to work on. There's some veterans things. You know, RCC and SOU, um, they're not as friendly to veterans as they should be. And one is disabled veterans. Um, and this thing I'm going to have, I want to have a meeting with those two colleges because, you know, if you're 100% disabled, you get free tuition in the state of Oregon. Well, what SOU and RCC is from what I'm looking at and talking to people is they're first taking your, if you received a kind of a scholarship or something like that, they're taking your scholarship first before they take do the 100% tuition. We know college tuition and tooling is expensive, so I think they're taking advantage of that law, and I'd like to reverse it because, you know, OSU and um, Portland State and some other ones don't do that. And I'm not, I don't understand why our Southern Oregon colleges would be taking your scholarships first before applying the 100% tuition. Huh. It is interesting. I would imagine, though, that, uh, you know, looking at what's been going on at uh, Southern Oregon University is that uh, the the cupboard's pretty bare there. I mean, they've been uh, making cuts and their their budgets have been, well, they've been hemorrhaging red ink, you know, for quite some time here. I have a feeling that's probably what's going on. Yeah, I, you know, that's kind of a, for me as a veteran myself, that's a poor excuse, um, you know, Maybe they need to do some real housekeeping themselves and cut back themselves on other things that are wasting money. Maybe some other things that are more um, controversial on, you know, pronouns or maybe or something. Well, yeah, maybe you could uh, maybe you could let go of a uh, diversity, equity, and uh, inclusion agent. <laughs> One for more. Yeah, maybe we should support the veterans before we're worried about people's pronouns. Okay, all right. I'm good with that. State Representative Dwayne Yunker, House District 3. Uh, what has been the... Any surprises at this point in time? And given, like I said, you haven't gone through the session yet. You're just getting ready for it. But uh, you had mentioned that uh, the moment you became a state representative that the lobbyists were reaching out. What kind of uh, a reach out was that? Is that anything you can talk about? Is it like a little bit of arm twisting, or is it kind of like uh, letting you know? Because I know that Herman, uh, uh, former state senator Herman Bearchigar, always talks about the lobby, and it's almost like, uh, you know, almost like in scary air quotes. What is your impression of that? It is. I have my guard up. I'm, you know, I have three, you know, this week I think I have ten lobbyists want to speak to me Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And you know, some are medical institutions. Um some are other, you know, bills. It's kind of scary because there is good lobbying. You know, I spoke to um, constituents the other day, and then the water business. And, you know, they have a lobbyist because they're worried about water rights being taken away. So sure. I don't think all lobbyists are bad, but you, you basically give them 15 minutes to give them their spill to you. And you're, and, and I'm, for me right now, I have my guard up because I don't know what to trust, who to trust, and what's, their, what's in it for them kind of idea. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is really shocking that how many lobbyists are wanting your time. Um, it, you know, their emails probably coming in daily, you know, five or six wanting to, you know, meet me and give me their 15 minutes, you know, speech. What, what issues or businesses would you say are kind of uh, on the hot seat or are trying to uh, to make the heavy push right now? Could you could you comment on that? Is it about green energy? Is it about uh, the you know the nonprofit world saying, "Hey, don't do anything that'll get in the way of our grants for Measure One Ten"? I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of curious what you know what ends up being thrown at you as you uh, talk with a lobbyist. Well, 
you know, I haven't spoke to him yet. Um, and I haven't, haven't, none of them have come to me so far about um, Measure 110. I think one was about mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear what they have to say about that. And I'm on the behavior and, and um, health care, so that's probably why some of them want to talk to me. I got put on that one because that's what Lily was on. And I'm, I'm going to be listening to that one. You, you know, there's, um, there's some other things that would do with law enforcement. So I, I don't think it even – I haven't seen their agenda yet, so I really can't comment on what they want from me um, or what I'm going to say no to them yet. Um, you know, because some of these lobbyists, they have different – they represent diff- so many different groups some of them are. Yeah. Has the uh, minor is there a minority speaker right now? Minority party uh, speaker of the house at this point in time? Um, I don't. <laughs> That's one thing that's been hard for me to do is figure out everybody's names and where they represent. I'm all, I have a open on my um, computer usually of the website and see who's a D and who's R. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, well it, people are emailing me. Okay. And they don't put a D or R, so I want to kind of know where they're from or the. I do have a meeting with the Speaker of the House on Wednesday. I'm going to be meeting him. We do have a caucus, um, you know, a leader. Um, that would be um, Leader Helfridge. Helfridge, yeah. Um, yeah. Ha- now, I have heard, people have told me in the past that have been there, that uh, that literally there will be, like you'll have leadership that will say, hey, you do what I tell you what to do. I mean, has that happened yet at this point in time, like in which they're almost like reading the right act like uh, like Republican and or Democratic leadership are just saying, hey, you're, you're just going to do what we say and that's it, rather than uh, your vote being your vote, so to speak. I'm just, I, I, I hope I'm not uh, making anybody uncomfortable about even asking that, but I have to. Um, no one's came to me yet and told me that I have to do anything, and if they do, I'm going to probably tell them where to go. Um, my that that sounds like the Dwayne Yunker I know. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, just, I, I just had to ask Dwayne. <laughs> I got to buck the system a little bit. I represent Josephine County and uh, majority of Josephine County, not all. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> get along to get a go-along person usually. If, if I have a, a moral compass, of, you know, and I'm thinking something's wrong, I'm going to tell you that I don't like it. All right. And it'll be, uh, I'll be curious to see where this goes. Um, and, and, of course, um, I've had criticism of other uh, House reps in the past that always talk about, uh, well, we're reaching across the aisle and we have to make friends here and we have to do this and that and the other. And uh, I, I I can't help but think that if you really wanted to have a friend in Salem, you probably need to get a dog. It's kind of like that old uh, D.C. adage, you know, <laughs> if you want a friend in Salem, buy a dog uh, or or maybe a cat. I don't know. <sighs> you know, it's interesting in, in, that you say that because, you know, I did get to vote here already once. There was a, I, I mean, I can't remember. This. I have so much coming at me. It was about this gas tax, the fuel tax on truckers, mm-hmm. and they wanted to have emergency session. And there was a couple Republicans that voted no to have it. And um, I was really surprised. And you wonder where, who's got to them or what deal they made somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're already uh, starting to see the sausage being made, so to speak, right, Dwayne? All right. it, it, and to be honest with you, there was a couple things that have been sent to me recently that I don't think that there are from a Democrat that I've, I don't think is bad. You know, I'm, I'm, I haven't read everything, and it's just a proposal. 
so far. You know, there's one about revenge porn from a Democrat in Portland, and it's got to do with, you know, passing pictures on, you know, your phone and things like that. I, I don't really, you know, that might not be bad, but, um, you know, maybe that maybe that would be something I would reach across the house and say, yeah, that's not a bad thing. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. We want to still get people getting getting screwed by revenge porn. Yeah, that that, that that'd be a bad position to take there. Yeah, that might be something. Yeah. But uh, my concern is that uh, revenge porn then gets tied in with uh, gender affirming care then for the island of misfit humans. You know those kind of things. But you know we'll see. Yeah, then it's going to be no. You know what what started out to be a good thing now is not. And mm-hmm. instead of just having a straight bill and let's pass the straight bill the way it is. Instead of some, you know, snuck into there that now that we were going to help people or, you know, protect women or whatever, now they're trying to have something in about children that's affirming, you know. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing more as you uh, kind of get your sea legs there in Salem. State Representative Dwayne Yunker, House District 3. Dwayne, I want to shift gears to your day job, if you don't mind here, before you take off. And this ha- okay. before you get on the road, this having to do with the uh, Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. Uh, I had a uh, uh, a friend of mine that's a member of RVAR that uh, text messaged me. I'm going to leave his name out right now, but he is really hot and bothered about what happened with that uh, that poll that had been commissioned by someone within the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors, but no one seems to want to admit who actually did it. Uh, which does seem to be about, uh, hey, let's take Josephine County government and uh, and the politicians and throw them all under the bus here for some reason. And they're not doing it for Jackson County, from what I can understand. And they ended up having uh, Greg Lemhouse, uh, the uh, the pollster from uh, from Ashland, end up doing this. And you're a member of RVAR. Do you have a take on that? Anything we should know? Is there something going on in the uh, background that we don't know about what's happening here? Definitely. um I was surprised to see that, you know, as a member of the Realtors Association here, it, it exactly really upset me on some of the things they've done. You know, they say they represent us, but I think they do what they want to do, just take my money. Um, you know, several realtors actually reached out to me. What's going on? You know, why are we getting so political? Because it really has nothing to do with real estate. Not one thing. There's not... I. I listened to the poll. I watched it. I got. I actually forwarded you a letter that I got from Shane Meyer, whatever his name is, from someone else that emailed him some questions. And this is definitely very political, and it has nothing to do with real estate in the industry. Yeah, I was kind of curious about it. It just seemed to be something really odd to get involved in, unless there's someone on the RVAR that is wanting to grease the skids for a possible county commission run. And that's what got me thinking about it, you know, in that respect. It, it just reminded me of a hit piece coming out right before people start paying attention. Kind of like, uh, you know, the way the Democrats are, uh, you know, greasing the skids on the uh, charter change. You know, a lot of those. And not it's not just the Democrats, but still, you know what I'm coming from, right? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, so, and, and I would, you know, the only person I know right now that's running for an office here in Josephine County in the city so far that, spoken to me would be Chris Barnett. And I know I asked him about this and he was upset as just as much, um, you know, but not throwing him out there, but you know, I, I don't see him thinking this poll was, was got to do with anything with real estate. I asked him about this. And so if it is someone that's looking to put their hat in, they haven't put their hat in yet. Okay. And 
no one will say who actually uh, commissioned this poll. I mean, how can that be? I mean, doesn't somebody have control of the checkbook there at RVAR that someone has to know before they hire Greg Lemhouse? I, what, how does that work? How does it work? I, I really don't know. It's kind of like having – this is like a union with you have no voice. That's the way I look at oh. them. Is this take my money and we'll do what we want with it. And, and, and I'm, there's several things I've been, you know, over the years of my being a realtor that I, um, my little sensors are up is what are you doing other than helping us? And I don't think this is helping our industry. It definitely doesn't help our, our Southern Oregon. It, I think it's more divisive. Oh, yeah. Very divisive. And so, you know, are we trying to tell people not to move here? When they come from other places, that hey, this is a bad place. I, I really don't know. I why would we do this? And then, you know, looking at where this came from, it you know, if you look at the chain of who did this poll, it's you know, it's supposed to be J.L. Wilson, and why would he do that here locally? His family lives here. Yeah, that's Carl's kid. Not, Carl Wilson's kid, Carl's right? Kid. Son, right? And it, yeah, and J.L. grew up here and was graduated from you know high school here. I just don't know. Is it more for money for him? I just don't know. I haven't had those questions. And I'm sure I'll run into jail and ask him that. Okay. He'll be in the Capitol here. So. Well, well, let us know. Let us know what you find out, okay? I appreciate that, Dwayne. Okay. All right. No, you got to get yeah. on the road. So, uh, so turn off the phone so no one's bugging you, all right? All right. <laughs> well, thanks, Bill. All right. We'll talk soon. You take care. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Dwayne Yunker, and, uh, brand new as State Representative House District uh, 3. It's a 726 at KMED, KCMD. If you're turning 65 soon and need to learn about Medicare and your options for supplemental coverage, Lynn at Sky Park Insurance can help. Just ask Karen. Hi, I spent 45 plus years in the health industry, so I wanted someone with expert knowledge. Lynn either knew the answer or got right back to me with details. She went the extra mile. Thanks, Lynn. Sky Park makes Medicare enrollment easy. Enroll or review your plan with Lynn Barton at Sky Park Insurance. Call 541-499-0958. Did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources, including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds, who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888-877-4894. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Saving big on just the things I need. Oregon E-Deals has saved the Rogue Valley thousands of dollars over the years on local fun. Get a family four-pack of wildlife safari tickets, normally $96, now half off. Violets and Cream in Jacksonville and Medford get a $25 certificate for only $18. Save big on all this and more at OregonEDeals.com. I'm hooked on OregonEDeals.com. I'm saving big. Welcome back 
to The Bill Myers Show, 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD. 729. Ended up a, I'm hearing rumors that um, U.S. Congressman Cliff Benz is going to have a big announcement tomorrow of some sort. I don't know what this is all about, but uh, I said we'll give him time on the show whenever the time comes. And so we'll let you know. You'll be one of the first to uh, to know what's going on, okay? Bob Shad writes me, by the way, my email, bill at billmyershow.com. It had to do with, uh, do you want that supersized? And it's an interesting article you popped me. And I've seen stuff like this before. It's very interesting. It's a, a picture of McDonald's portion sizes over the years, then now. And on a website called prettysweet.com. McDonald's portion sizes in the 1950s versus now. McDonald's opened their first restaurant in 55 in De Plain, Illinois. And um, they offered only nine menu items back then. But the biggest change at McDonald's compared to the 1950s is the portion size. In most menu items, the portions have more than doubled. You know how you were talking about weight? And Cherry was uh, called in a little while ago about this, the struggle with weight. But uh, in most menu items, the portions have more than doubled, which is certainly one of the biggest reasons we have an obesity crisis, certainly. And it's uh, it's funny. Yeah, it's um, I absolutely agree. With Adam on the portion sizes, of course, we look at that as getting more for your money, right? Or else, uh, hey, you know, more is better. More food is better. You know, that kind of thing. Um, it comes right down to it, I guess, if we were going to have fast food, just about everything we should be eating, if we're going to go to McDonald's or any other fast food meal, would be to have the kid's meal. The kid's meal is what the adult's meal used to be. Probably 30, 40 years ago when it came right down to it. And then everything changed with the uh, coming out of the Big Mac and then the Quarter Pounder with cheese. And then um, anybody remember the McDLT? <laughs> uh, or was it the McBLT or McDLT? I think it was the McDLT, wasn't it? That's the one in which uh, you had uh, the hot. They, they had it in the foam package, which, of course, is an environmental crime now, I would imagine. But uh, you had the hot side hot and the uh, cold side cold. Remember that? It lasted for a little while. <laughs> I liked them. The McDLT. But uh, interesting. Another thing on the uh, on the food thing that I thought was interesting. I saved this story from a few weeks ago because um, one of the things we're told, especially in the alternative health world, don't drink diet sodas. Don't drink diet sodas because they're going to make you fat. Well, there's a new study on this, which is uh, not done by the uh, the soda industry. Sweeteners don't make you fat, according to this study that debunks the previous claims. Drinks containing artificial sweeteners do not lead to weight gain and could even help you shift the pounds, according to a study. Contrary to some previous research, scientists in the UK found that drinking two cans of artificially sweetened drink like Diet Coke or Coke Zero for a year had no significant impact on body weight. In fact, the study suggested that those who drink the equivalent in water may end up heavier. Very interesting. Now, the scientists uh, caveat that this finding is not statistically significant, but still, uh, maybe you don't have to uh, to feel like, uh, oh my gosh, I've got my Diet Coke or my Diet Pepsi or my Diet whatever, and I have to like hide it in shame from people. Because, you know, you're going to get fat from that. Showing that study, okay? It's uh, 732. Josephine County Commissioner Herman Baerchiger, he'll join me here in a couple. Should be a good talk as always. Always is on. Pebble in your shoe Tuesday. When it comes to building materials, tools, and supplies, Hughes Lumber has been helping builders 
homeowners, and contractors for over 30 years. Whether you're framing, siding a home, or building a deck, Hughes Lumber delivers everything you need to get the job done right at the best prices. But keeping your mind on your work is up to you. Hughes Lumber on Crater Lake Highway next to Garrison's. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority is your one-stop accessory and protection shop, offering quality products like Linex spray-on bed liners, undercoating, and truck, Jeep, and SUV accessories. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority is now your premier source for overlanding, off-road, and outdoor lifestyle products. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by and get prepared for your next adventure. They're located at 4840 Airway Drive, just off Vilas Road in Central Point. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority. Your Department of Adventure. KMED, KCMD News, sponsored by Millette Construction, specializing in foundation repair and replacement. Get on solid ground by visiting MilletConstruction.com. Good morning, I'm Marcus Villa with your MBC5 morning news update. An OSP traffic stop led to the discovery of 100 pounds of methamphetamine. Last week, an OSP K-9 team stopped a vehicle on I-5 for a traffic violation a canine then alerted police to the presence of illegal drugs. Two large bags of crystal meth were found in the trunk. Two suspects from San Bernardino, California, were arrested in connection to the drugs, and the investigation is ongoing. The Jackson County Sheriff's Office is warning the community about a new scam. JCSO says there have been multiple efforts of residents receiving a call requesting payments to resolve warrants from the Sheriff's Office. These scam callers were even so bold as to tell their victims to meet in the JCSO parking lot to exchange money. JCSO reminding folks that law enforcement entities will never call you to collect money and will never ask for payment in gift cards or Bitcoin. If these scammers reach out to you, please notify the sheriff's office. AIFF plans to hold its 2024 film festival this fall. According to the Ashland Independent Film Festival, it's almost raised $120,000. They're hoping, with the events they have coming up, that they'll hit their fundraising goal of $150,000 by January 15th. Organizers say it wouldn't be feasible for AIFF to hold their festival in the spring like normal. They want to have enough time to prepare and give people the best show possible. And for NBC5 News, I'm Marcus Veal. Have a great this day. This hour of the Bill Meyer Show is proudly sponsored by Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros and Full Service Auto Repair. Hi, it's Jolene at Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros. If you're wondering about the condition of your tires, stop in and we'll check your tread level and give you an honest assessment on wear and your ability to navigate wet, slick roads. And if you need new tires, Phoenix Auto Center has a great selection of top brands like General, Hercules, Cooper, Continental, Falcon, Mass. Mastercraft, BF Goodrich, and more. For the best tire prices and service, see your local family-owned Phoenix Auto Center Tire Pros on Main in Phoenix. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all of the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletteConstruction.com. Winter in Oregon. It means rain. Waterlogged soil expands as it saturates, and that pressure can impact your home's foundation, sometimes even allowing the rain to get into your home. Terra Firma Foundation Systems can help. We've got your back. 
Terra Firma is the Northwest solution for safer foundations and dry basements and crawl spaces. One easy call can protect your home this winter. Click GoTerraFirma.com, schedule a free evaluation. CCB 173547. That's GoTerraFirma.com. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Hi, I'm Mark with Oregon Truck and Auto Authority, and I'm on 106.7 KMED. 737. Josephine County Commissioner, former State Senator Herman Barrett-Chigger is here. Herman, welcome back. Always good to have you on. Welcome. Hey, yes, good morning. All right. So let's see. What is the evil being done by the uh, by the County Commission today? I, I guess I'd have to go and, and, and read Scott Stoddard's editorial to find out. But uh, in all seriousness, though, I wanted to find out what is going on with this uh, conversation we've had in the past, that there is a state law. That says you can petition the jo- uh, the Josephine or Jackson or any other county commission for a withdrawal from a taxing district, a special taxing district, such as the library district, if it does not serve, if the district does not serve your property. That's what the law said. And it's cost quite a big, uh, a big what to do in Josephine County. Some people getting really excited about this. Other people really upset with you and the board for actually having approved some of this. This all started with Mike Pelfrey a few weeks back. What's the latest on this? What's the current? Well, let's start, you know, from my perspective, I'm just trying to deal with the statute. I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't hate the library. I don't hate the library people, you know, but there is a statute on the books that says you can opt in and you can opt out. And we're trying to get it right. The statutes are, they're hard to understand and decipher, and we're trying to get to the point of it. But, you know, Stoddard keeps writing this garbage in his newspaper, and it gets everybody all twisted up. I mean, he, he wrote, you know, on library district issue, county should cut its losses. No, county shouldn't cut its losses. County should figure out how to follow the statute, and that's what we're doing. But the thing is, though, is that there is no loss to the county on this. It's just a matter of uh, whether or not someone's in the library district. That's one Right. It doesn't cost the county anything. Or is the uh, implication being that if you're uh, daring to rock the boat and allow this statute to be used, that, um, you know, it's going to lead to more legal challenges, I guess. Maybe that's the implication that's being made. Well, that's why we're trying to get this right. But, you know, Stoddard writes that we're just a bunch of wackos. He he said, uh, Judge. Uh, Judge Wilkie's order, uh, in essence, froze all events. <clears throat> well, uh, Judge Wilkie didn't know that the commissioners already froze all events for 60 days as we looked into the matter mm-hmm. to get it right. And um, so, you know, he, he prints that garbage, and then that makes people more confused and more angry and everything. We're just trying to get it right, and what we're finding out bill is that the statute the way it's written it's really it's not a very well written statute in my opinion but it there's two different processes one is the opt-out which is a fairly simple process and stoddard and and his his followers love that but there's also a part of the statute that says that you can opt out and 
I, I, I guess I should have said. You, mean, you meant opt-in. Opt-in. Opt in. Okay, that the right. library supporters like the opt-in. Uh, well, it's kind of like the mafia. It's uh, You can, yeah, jo- you, you can like join the mafia, opt- but don't ever try to lose. Don't ever try to not join. Okay, you join the mafia by opting into the library district, but if you try to opt out of the library, it's like trying to leave the mafia and they want to kill you. <laughs> right, right. And, and so there's a different test for opting out. Um, similar process, but, but different. Um, and so we're trying to get to the bottom of that and we will get to the bottom of that and then we will proceed. So, like I said, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm just trying to get it right, you know, and, and what the library, you know, they want people to opt in, but they don't want people to opt out. And I can understand that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure this will wiggle its way up to the legislature. And at the end of the day, the legislature will change it where you can't opt out, period. So that's probably where this is going. But until then, I'm going to do my best uh, to follow the statute as it's as it's written, you know. Hmm. So, you know. So has anyone other than Mike Pelfrey been opted out then at this point? Just the Pelfreys have. And we've, we've put a hold on everything else, both opting in and opting out for 60 days. I think we will lift that before the 60 days are up. Once and because we are making progress, we are getting there's still a few more questions to answer. And I guarantee you, when Judge Wolke reads the statute, he's going to scratch his head too. So we're trying to get there. It's going to take some time. But by Stoddard writing in there that this is Herman Bertrager and John West Pipe dream to kill the library and everything, that's absolutely not correct. We're a quasi judicial board on this matter, which means we have to follow the law. And that's why in the middle of a meeting, when some questions came up and our attorneys couldn't answer them, I stopped. I said, that's it. We're not moving forward on anything until we get the questions answered. And for that, I have a pipe dream. Would it have been better, in retrospect, to have not moved forward with Pelfries uh, pending? At the time we moved through Pelfries, we were under the impression we were following the statutes. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So um, some questions um, cast some shadow on that process. And as soon as I seen that, I I stopped. And I thought that was the way to handle it. And all of my other two commissioners, we all voted to to, uh, hold off for 60 days until we figure this out. All right. Well, I, for one, and uh, now I'm one of these people where the only problem I have with libraries, I, I, I'm not a big fan of special taxing districts in the first place. They are permanent increases. I, I'm just giving you my opinion, all right? Sure. You know, my dog in the fight. And my concern is that there seems to be very little control of such special taxing districts once they end up being created. And the libraries, it, to me, are creating their own problem by being political, rather than being a ideologically neutral place, all right? Uh, that, that was my conversation um, with the director of the library. I asked her, she came in my office, and I asked her, I said, so how did we get here? You know, why all of a sudden, and she looked at me, she had no idea, and I said, could it, believe, could it be that you guys are weighing in on these very controversial issues? Shouldn't you be just concentrating on you know, supplying reading material for people and and those kind of things. And she she was kind of 
she didn't understand that. And so I says, well, that's how you got here. Well, the other aspect of this, though, is that and the reason they she probably didn't understand why they got here is that the entire library business, if you go to the American Library Association, has been festooned with hard left mission creep for many, many years. And I I think maybe just people are starting to notice it more now than they used to. I mean, we're no longer in the days when uh, when your public library is just supposed to uh, have a, a good family-friendly uh, delivery of books and services and things like that. Now you have to be washing the feet of the homeless, and you have to be turning it over to bumdom, and you have to have, uh, you know, needles uh, distribu- distribution, and you're supposed to be doing uh, drag queen story hours, although they're not doing that here. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, you know, that's, that's what, if you go to the ALA, that's what you see. And then naturally there's going to be pushback from people who say, you know, I don't want to have my money forced to pay for this. And I think that's that, what that, that's exactly right. Now, Bill, I spent I, I was a big library uh, young person. My grandparents started me very young and and took me every week up until I was uh, like 12 or 13. But um, and, you know, but in those days, you went to the library and everybody was quiet and you went and found your books and you read or you did research or everything and everything. Yeah, it was not a social services no, delivery. It, it was not a social services delivery portal, right? No, it was not. You know, I mean, the old librarian would hit you on top of the head if you got too loud, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's how. So it, it's, it's not a place to push a political agenda, in my opinion. And that's what got him in trouble. So, um, anyways, that's what's going on with that. Hopefully, by the middle of the month, we'll be we'll be going, um, and we'll have these uh, the these two processes. They are different, um, but we'll have them lined out. We'll have the applications done, and then people can start, you know, applying to opt in or opt out or whatever they want to do, and um, we'll go forward. All right. Well, to me. I think that uh, taxing districts, if they actually had to uh, respond to pressure from people withdrawn from the district, might behave better. But that's just me, you know, because that, that's the reason I, I have problems with taxing districts, because, uh, you know, you look at, uh, well, even in Jackson County, the library district is uh, very resistant to any kind of reform, because as uh, one listener who called in and said this, and I had to laugh because it's uh, like it, uh the progressives tend to look at uh, libraries as uh, their progressive mosques in society. It's their, it's their fort, so to speak, and their uh, and their religion. And yeah, and they forget they forget that not everybody thinks like them. And if you look, they tried to run a library district three times countywide. It failed. Then they decided to, to chop it up in little pieces, and they ran it again. They ran it in an election with a very low voter turnout, and they won by 600 and some votes. So, you know, I would be very, very thoughtful, you know, that that's how it went, because I don't think as many people support them as they think they do. So, you know, that's just based on the numbers. I don't want to see the library disappear. I want to see it go back to being a library, Bill. All right. In other words, uh, yeah, doing what library services are meant to, not what the ALA has redefined library services as being. There's been a lot of mission creep in there. 
for uh, several decades now. All right, why don't we uh, shift to uh, 17-116. I had a conversation with uh, Commissioner West about this yesterday. I really want to keep eyes on this charter change. This is, And by the way, it's not a charter change. We have to be very clear. This is a repeal, a throwing out of the existing charter and replacing it with a new charter, 17-116. This is important. It's not just Josephine County because... Uh, similar groups are wishing to accomplish the same goal in Jackson County. And I find it interesting that, that you know, at this particular t- uh, point in time here, uh, uh, Commissioner, that, uh, that both counties are finding themselves under uh, a big push right now, this agenda. That's correct. So let's start with our original charter, okay? Our original charter has been amended a few times, but it was written, and I'll, I'll declare through a conservative lens, um, there's no question about it. There's a lot of good things in the charter, and we'll talk about some of the differences here in a minute. But it was, but always remember, it was a home rule charter. The intent of the charter is to give guidance on how the people of Josephine County want to be governed. Okay, that's what the intent is. Now. The state has eroded some of the things in our charter that we can't undo. I'll give an example. Uh, Land use issues, okay? Uh, Oregon is a statewide land use issue. Most states are county by county. Josephine County has very little say in land use issues and building codes and all those things. So they keep the the legislature keeps eroding our county charter. Because remember, our county charter it's, you know, always remember it's federal law, state law, county law. That's just how it is. Okay. So when state passes things that are against our charter, um, it kind of erodes the importance of our charter. And that really saddens me uh, quite a bit. But there's some, so the new charter is no matter what Larry West said, he says it's not partisan. Give me a break. The PAC is administered by the former chair of the Democrat Party. The new chair of the Democrat Party, here's his number one priority. So don't tell me it's not. And it's obviously this new charter, proposed charter, is written from a from a very liberal lens. And there's a lot of things um, that are not in the new charter that was in the old charter. For instance, Section 29.1 in our, our current charter. Right to bear arms. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And and the county can make no law that that counters that, okay, both public and private. So and we and we won't allow our sheriff to infringe people's rights to bear arms. Also, due process and just compensation. That's out in the new charter. Uh Let's see, due process and the taking of assets, that's out in the new charter. I also found it interesting that another part that would be taken out of the new charter is the restriction that stops uh, a Josephine County Board of Commissioners from imposing new fees. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Oh, you know? sorry. Um, yeah, uh, 29.3 prohibits advocacy of forfeiture of constitutional rights. That's out. Search and seizure, that's out. Um, 
private management of county properties and fees. That's the one you were talking about. That's out. Uh, prohibition on income tax. That's out. Mm-hmm. Speech and freedom. That's out of the new one. Uh, restrict nudity is out. And one that is very important to me is parents and children. And what this is, is uh, it's to protect minor children's health and well-being. Parents or guardians have the natural right, if they choose, to refuse immunizations of their minor children. That's out. So there's a lot of, of things that are out of the new charter that gives government more ability have control over people's choices. Yeah, because what's important to, to understand there from what you described is that a lot of these things being kicked out of the charter with the proposal for the new charter you know, were restrictions on county power. They were restrictions on the county's ability to go after the people in one form or another, wasn't it? I mean, that's how I interpreted yeah. so what you were talking about. So I'll give you an example about. of that, Bill. When we went through COVID, okay, I think all three commissioners are at the, at that time saying, look, when it comes to getting vaccinated is a discussion between you and your doctor. All three of us were like that. That's right. The county charter would prohibit us from making mandatory vaccinations. If you vote for the new charter, that's out. Um, if you, uh, the county can um, can do ordinances on controlling firearms in buildings, that would be out. Okay. Uh, in the new charter, they, they can do that. There's so many rights that they can take away from you in that new charter. It's unbelievable. It's dangerous. And I will I will tell you this. If the new charter passes, Josephine County will be Multnomah County South. That simple. Appreciate the analysis on that, uh, Herman. And uh, I'm hearing this from more and more people. This is looking to me to be a uh, a pretty easy vote if I were a Josephine County resident. The biggest thing is to get the word out, Bill, because people are so busy in their day-to-day lives and working and, and providing for their families and stuff that, unfortunately, they don't take the time to educate themselves about these very, very um, controversial issues. I'm concerned, uh, just as uh, as someone who's observed the political process here, uh, uh, Commissioner, is uh, I, I look at uh, at how people are not stupid. I mean, I kind of refer to it as stupid. It was probably unkind of me in some respects, but I got so irritated. I look at things like Measure 113 and Measure 110 that were oh. passed by uh, by voters that right. that obviously did not think any uh, think through anything more other than. Uh, well, we're we're going to uh, not put people in jail for drug addictions, and we're going to give them uh, and we're going to give them treatment, right? And you knew darn well that wasn't going to happen, knowing what how the state of Oregon is tended to operate. And then Measure One Thirteen, Measure One Thing. Well, yeah, those uh, senators need to be there to do their job, not understanding the nuances of why there is a quorum power for the minority party, and even Republicans voted for that Measure One Thirteen quite often. It was it's just well, amazing, how about, how you know. One fourteen. I've heard a lot of people. Well, I didn't vote because I didn't think that would ever pass. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it barely passed. Mm-hmm. If they would have voted, <laughs> excuse me. If they would have voted, we wouldn't be in this position right now. Yeah, 
Now, if uh, the voters of Josephine County think that uh, it would be a good idea to have a a county administrator, if you want to uh, professionalize it up, as some have uh, have called for, you don't need to change the charter to do that. You can just encourage no. the uh, the county commission to do that right now. Correct. Well, and it, it also takes the right to vote for your surveyor, takes the right to vote for your legal counsel, um, and this whole five member board. And and redistrict. Uh, listen, that's all they know. The Democrats know their their the registration in Josephine County is considerably more Republican than Democrat. So by having five positions and the way they redistrict could give them the possibility of controlling the board. That's what this is all about. This is about control and takeover. Of the liberals in Josephine County, don't it's that's just how it is. All right. Make- now, now, see, they, they, uh, the thing is, I would dare say that uh, Democrats are genuinely uh, concerned because they feel like they have no influence in that. Is there anything that could be done to perhaps uh, you know, get voices heard a little bit better and maybe redress a grievance or two of them? What do you think? Unfortunately, in this country right now, things are. Things are so polarized. And let me give you an example, Bill. There was a poll out. Ninety percent of Republicans say that President Donald or former President Donald Trump should be on the ballot in every single state. Ninety percent. Eighty. I think it's eighty eight percent of Democrats say that President, former President Trump should not be on any ballot in any state. Hmm. There, I would say the two parties are pretty far apart right now. So much for uh, our, well, I guess our democracy really is our democracy, and that means that uh, nobody gets to run unless our democracy likes it. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's what's going on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Herman, we appreciate the talk as always, and uh, we'll catch you next Tuesday. Thanks so much for checking in from Joe County, okay? Be well. All right. Thanks. Josephine Bye-bye. County Commissioner Bear Chigger. It's uh, 758 at KMED, KCMD. Our democracy. Yeah, our democracy, uh, meaning uh, we're going to defend democracy by uh, choosing your candidates for you and uh, keeping certain ones off. All right. They serve up big slices of satisfying comfort with sides of Americana. Go roadside at Diner 62 in White City. How do you know you're selling your home with the right agent? Hey, it's Lars. I'm going to tell you in Medford and Southern Oregon, the right agent is Jared Hokanson of Hokanson Realty. Trust Jared to get the job done. With Jared and his team, you're going to get years of experience and the know-how to navigate the market right here in Medford. Jared and his team have exclusive strategic options to get your home sold. Combined with Jared's highly effective marketing, why would you think of working with any other agent in Medford or Southern Oregon? Best of all, Jared guarantees to sell your home at a price and a deadline you agree to or he buys it. Now you know why real estate expert and Shark Tank star Barbara Corcoran and I can't stop talking about Jared Hokanson. Call the only agent I recommend in Medford and all of Southern Oregon. Call Jared Hokanson at 541-772-SOLD. That's 541-772-SOLD. Or go online to 541-772-SOLD.com and start packing. Short and chilly days are a perfect time to work on the interior of your home. Drake's Paint and Supply, your locally owned Benjamin Moore dealer, reminds you it's a great time to do some interior painting and transform those rooms that need new paint. Right now, Drake's is offering free Benjamin Moore paint samples that are in stock and pre-mixed. So come in and choose from hundreds of paint colors and try out a few on your wall. 
Limitations apply. Drake's Paint and Supply on North Pacific Highway in Medford and the Parkway Village in Grants Pass. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line, all while saving more than $700 over the competition. And with Speed Boost, your Spectrum Mobile phone will go even faster with speeds up to a gig for big speed, big reliability, and big savings. Get Spectrum One today. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You don't get to declare someone guilty of a crime. New beginnings. Colorado to remove Donald Trump. Maine disqualified Trump. California to potentially follow suit. New stories. Free speech on college campuses is very, very bad. Squatting affects everyone. New understanding. The non-escalation approach is actually making Iran more wealthy to fuel terrorism in the region. Follow all the news in 2024. We're not hitting back on things that Iran cares about. On KMED and 99.3 KC. 1063 KMED 993 KCMD. This is the Bill Myers Show. A couple minutes after 8 o'clock, KMED, KMED HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, KCMD, Grants Pass, Translator K294AS Ashland. Although it's off for a few days. Can't help it. There's water in the line. And you got water in the cable, doesn't work. Water on those uh, transmitter sites, uh, water and electricity do not uh, do not mix. See if we can fix it today, but uh, something tells me, given the snow that's going to be coming down in the higher hills, it's probably going to be a few days. All right. It's a couple minutes after 8 o'clock. Email of the day, sponsored by Dr. Steve Nelson, Central Point Family Dentistry, centralpointfamilydentistry.com. It's right next door to the Mazatlan Mexican Restaurant in Central Point, up Freeman Road. And the thing being there is that uh, they believe in dental health so deeply that if you need a water pick or special mouthwashes and toothbrushes and toothpaste, and you need special stuff to help you out, they'll sell that to you at cost. They want to make sure that everybody has access to that sort of stuff. CentralPointFamilyDentistry.com. Call today. Get your appointment. Okay. Hans Albuquerque, we give an email of the day to. And this having to do, Bill, it's not just the Rio Grande being breached. I live under an air corridor coming into Dallas-Fort Worth from southwest to northeast direction. I have a couple of apps that track flights. Dozens of times a day, sometimes per hour, there is a conga line of jet traffic from Mexico. It far outweighs domestic flights, and I am technically in north-central Texas, closer to uh, Oklahoma versus the border. My point. I cannot believe that these predominantly American Airlines flights are tourism from many of the departing points in Mexico. My hunch is being proven out via a Newsmax, a Newsmax article from late December. According to author Ashley St. Clair, airlines are spying on their employees to prote- prevent them rather from speaking out about transporting illegal migrants. I was just told by an American Airlines pilot they are requiring pilots download AA security software on their personal phones to prevent whistleblowers on transportation of migrants, St. Clair tweeted. This software has previously only been required on work devices. Hans, great email of the day. Hans Radar, Albuquerque. 